Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. This is definitely not the third time I've recorded this intro. And welcome to the Francis Ngannou Appreciation Hour. With me, as always, DJ Mark. Sup? Also, and it's lost meaning at this point, because I've said it now three times, he's back. The legend himself, Lavender Gooms. I'm not going to lie. Third time around, I'm appreciating Francis Ngannou a lot less. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> But for the third time, I will wish you guys the happies today. Um, and, you know, third time around, I'm going to streamline these because some of these suck. Anyway, happy National World Audio Drama Day. Happy National Publicist Day because everyone needs a good publicist. Happy National Candy Corn Day. I'll cut right to the chase. Candy corn sucks. I'm not going to make the joke I made in the second one. And... A happy National Wicked Day. Today marks 20 years that the Broadway play Wicked premiered. Shout out Kristen Chenoweth. She was then on West Wing and Pushing Daisies. So There you go. Yeah, yeah nice. Okay, guys. What the fuck do you think we're going to talk about? I mean, let's just no, like... We got we to gotta have our forks out, our special sauces, because, boy, we all be eating our words this week, baby. <laughs> Look, let me tell you, the only smart thing I said all week was when I told, uh, Inf- what do we name him on the show? Inferno? Am I called him? Uh, we're talking about Junior. You know, I told Junior, hey, man, if we're being honest with ourselves, the best we can hope for is that bet, a six to one bet that said Francis drops him and, and Fury still wins. Let me tell you that I shouldn't have been right about that because I thought Francis and Ghanu won that fight, man. I know I'm not some sort of boxing. I, unlike everybody in the, like a, a lot of these boxing fans who are actually, I'll give them credit. The majority of boxing people also think Francis won, but the people who are just like, you don't know how to score a fight. You got under the re, under the you know the right way to score a fight. It's this, this, and that because that person definitely is an expert on this this corrupt ass sport. Um, I had ninety five, ninety four for Le Predator over the lineal heavyweight champion of the fucking world in his first professional fight while giving up reach height age experience Experience, technique pretty much everything except power yeah um i was sitting there watching this thing i don't know what's going on my pay-per-view feed because i definitely paid them um but i had no commentary which was a excellent way to watch fight like i loved it okay it was wonderful okay i still heard all the sounds and stuff of the shots but you know i'm watching this thing mark and it's like round one i'm like all right i think fury probably took that round two i'm like hey francis won that one cool then round three happens and francis drops that motherfucker and then i sat up and i'm like oh here we go and i had the message mark he dropped him exclamation point um insane yeah i was so I I mean we're gonna all go into this back and forth, but just I'll say I am in awe of this man. 
that he pulled that off. Even if you think he lost, whatever, okay? You're wrong, but sure, he lost, okay? What we all saw happen there was amazing on like 20 different levels. Mark, let me go to you first. Motherfucker's yeah. apparently the hardest puncher ever recorded. Well, sure on the on the on the uh, <laughs> was this hit by Francis or a small vehicle? Which <laughs> yeah. Dana, you know, when 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 he was Dana's boy, he yeah. loved you know using yeah. that little uh, it's like F one fifty or Francis Ngannou. Which one did more oh, damage? Okay, I think it was like a Camry. I think it was oh, a Camry. It wasn't like a big car, but it was well, like still a Francis freaking can, motor vehicle. If, without Usada, Francis is an F one fifty. Okay, just saying. Good, yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, I think, I think when you, when you just break down the first three rounds and even though I was like, I, was, I thought it was crazy, like we kind of maybe could see that, right. We kind of thought maybe if Francis had a shot, it was going to be in the early rounds when he was still fresh or he still had a lot of power. Maybe he'd be able to get something done there. Um, I think what's probably more surprising is like he went the distance, <laughs> you know, that's, um, and to be fair, like I didn't get to see this whole fight. Um, I, I came in around, uh, round eight. So at that point, I was like, holy shit, like this fight still cooks. All I knew was Bobby said he dropped him. I didn't know what round he dropped him in. So this fight's still going on. That's the impressive part is like he's still here. And at that moment, I didn't know like how well he was doing. I didn't. I knew he dropped him, but like what the complexion of the fight was. But just looking at round eight, it was like, well, Francis still looks okay. You know, physically, his face wasn't marked up. He was breathing a little heavy, but still looked okay. And Tyson looked like he'd been roughed up a little bit. So I was like, is Francis like whooping his ass here? I'm not totally sure. Um, and then watching rounds eight through nine, I was like, okay, very close. You know, not a ton happened. Output was fairly low. And my main takeaway watching those rounds was like, what I was kind of surprised was like, Francis fights orthodox, right? Like he's usually not a Southpaw. And he was, he was fighting Southpaw a lot in this fight. And I think that really seemed to throw Fury off. Which is kind of weird because like we, we've been seeing this transition in mixed martial arts a lot where guys are changing stances a lot more frequently or even guys are coming out southpaw as their main stance. Um, and I honestly, I just kind of assumed like a boxer like Fury. And, and look, at that does F you up. Not a lot of guys fight from southpaw. It changes all your angles. You know, you really have to kind of adapt to that. But I really did think with the amount of fights that Fury had, you'd be able to adapt to that pretty easily. And he seemed very tentative when he was in Southpaw. He did not want to engage. And when Francis went back to Orthodox, that jab started coming out for fury. He started working a little bit more. So those are my big takeaways from what I saw. And then when I watched the highlights, it was all this, like the, the knockdown wasn't devastating, right? Like he got him on a counter. It didn't look like fury was like, cause we, we've seen fury fucking rocked when Wilder knocked him down. Like, there's Tweety birds going around. Like that dude was gone for a second. It wasn't quite like that. It mostly looked like he got fucking shocked. He's like, no, no, no. Like he, I think it seemed like to him, he knew instantly the optics. This is the photo where my ass is on the ground and this dude shimmy shimmy right in front of me. <laughs> that is the front Marcus, page picture. This dude immediately, because he know he didn't get he, hit. He had, a, he had a look on his face like. Holy shit, that just happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Mike, going to you now, get your thoughts here a little bit as we get into the discussion. But like, yeah, going off of that moment, I saw the look at that man's face, which was he didn't even hit me that hard. Like, he didn't even hit me that hard. I go, I'm, I gotta save my own ass. <laughs> 
even you did a shimmy right in front of him though that was <laughs> that was funny bro um what you, what do you scorecard and what do you think <clears throat> my scorecard was 96 93 in favor of francis um I think, and the, the commentators that you weren't able to listen to, um, one thing they mentioned that I agreed with was obviously that, you know, Francis was fighting not like someone who this was their first professional um, boxing match. Um, he was fighting as someone who seemed a lot more mature. Uh, they were fully expecting him to be on the aggressive and they gave him a lot of credit and praise even during the fight for being patient, hanging back, um, letting, letting the fight come to him, which I think also tripped up uh, Fury a, a, a fair amount. Um, I watched this fight today knowing what the result was and how people were saying it was a, it was a robbery that francis clearly won so when i watched it i was actually watching it almost more in favor of all right i'm kind of looking to see you know more inclined to see that tyson won around right mm -hmm. um and even with that mindset in my scoring it by the end i'm like holy shit yeah francis clearly won this fight because even on the rounds where like I was trying to almost make it for Tyson. I still gave a lot of the rounds um, past the, the sixth round to, to Francis outside of round nine. Um, I thought this was a pretty clear um, win for Francis. I don't really understand that one judge who gave it 96-93 to, to Tyson. I mean, I don't even know that's possible when there was a knockdown in this fight. You pretty much had to have given him like you, every other round. You had to give him a lot of the other rounds. You had to give him anything that was close, like round four. Uh, you had to give him round 10 and you had to give him round two. I don't know how you give him round two or like uh, that's one where I don't understand. Honestly, the two motherfuckers who scored round seven for uh, Fury uh, need to explain themselves. Honestly, like that's what needs to happen. I need yeah, to explain to me. I remember in that round, it, it wasn't like the eight round was, where eight was he wobbled him. Eight was the one he wobbled him. But in round seven, I remember the only thing I really remembered from round seven was Fury just, I mean, um, Francis getting a pretty good shot in. You know, but that, besides that, was, that, it was a pretty Round seven was the round where we realized, oh no, he has not just, he's not done. Like he's yeah. not done. That was what round seven was. Um, I was, dude, Luke Thomas called this a combat sports earthquake, okay? People don't know what's fucking real today when they're talking. It is like, people are like, if he fights Deontay Wilder, is he the betting favorite? That's where we're at. This man won, man fought once, okay? Like, I don't even like, like, we'll, I mean, let's, we'll put this aside, what Francis is going to do next, but like, people are just like, the boxing people thought he won. You know, there's a video for there's footage of Alexander Usyk in like the third row. And the look on his face when Francis hits Tyson is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just lost the money. I just lost my fight. Like he thought this was a he's like, I'm in trouble. This is a problem. If Tyson goes down, 
these people booked a heavyweight title fight, a unification to say who the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world is two months from now. They announced it beforehand. That was disrespectful as fuck. Okay. That they said two months. That fight is supposed to be. It got canceled. What, like. Oh, it got canceled? It's not happening that date. You can't. But I think think it was supposed to be like, what, December 20th? So less than two months. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying we needed to say Francis was going to win, but like at least say pending this or pending that, or if he's not too hurt. They just booked it. And like. To, To be fair, we didn't. I don't think we really said shit here, and I don't think a lot of other people did. They made that book, and we're kind of like, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, He's also, last week, this seemed like an exhibition fight, in fairness. They also said, well, you up until, like, the day before it became a real fight. There was that, too. But so they, like, they said for a while it was going to be... I thought for a while it was going to be real, but the, the belts were never... Well, no, they said, which, like, there was, like, oh, it's not on any of these, like, their records and stuff, and yada, yada, yada. So, I don't know. I mean, anyway, like, they can't do that fight. He got his... He got... He got dropped. It's a bad idea. You can't do it. Um, and Mike, when did you did you make it to? Did you get to the end where they brought him into the ring? They brought Usyk into the ring and they had him square like get a face off and stuff. Uh, no, I I it went over like a wet fart, bro. Any of that? It went over like a wet fucking yeah. fart at that point, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. That Who was, cares at that point? That was like, whew. I mean, I I can't believe I I was couldn't believe what I was seeing. He is. We gotta stop doubting this man, Mike. Right? Like that's it. We just stop doubting him. Like- and 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 to be honest, you know, you know, Ariel went on his receipts tour um during the first hour. And let's be real, like everyone who was expecting Francis to, to get blown out in this fight. I mean, they had pretty good reason. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Fury is yeah. one of the greatest heavyweight boxers to ever lace him up. Um, I, I don't think it's it, it, it's not like it was some big disservice to, to Francis Ngannou to say, yeah, um, first boxing match, like professional boxing match against one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, I think he might have some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike, go ahead. Mark, I mean, ahead. I think, well, I think too, you look at like, even even look at, you know, how Francis has performance of his fights and like, wasn't it the, the Rosen strike? fight like dude just went berserker it's like we all kind of and then we we look you look at some of you know there hasn't been a lot but we look at the high level mma guys going into boxing and how they performed and how they kind of conduct themselves and how they strategize and most of them kind of like i I think a lot of people we all kind of thought he was going to come out like connor came out with floyd he's gonna come out aggressive He's going to come out hard early, try to get him out of there early. That's what everyone was saying his only chance was. Like, he's got to come out hard in the first three rounds and get him in those first three rounds. There's no way this guy is going to be able to compete with him at range, where Tyson has shown he has great footwork. He has that long reach. I think a lot of people, including myself, kind of discredited how Francis would do in the clinch because Tyson's so big. Is he going to hold on to him like yeah. Wilder and kind of tire him out that way? We didn't think like, oh, Bro. yeah, this dude fucking Greco's people yeah, all exactly. day. Like, he's dude, kind of okay dude, with this t- shit. That was what I was going to say because like, you got right there because I was going to – because I don't know if you saw that or Mike Mike definitely didn't watch the whole fight. Like, Tyson yeah. kept trying to do the thing where he's trying to like, grapple him lean, in places. Lean, yeah, yeah lean, on. lean on the people And Francis well. <laughs> is a fucking cage fighter dealing with, dealing with the fact that people think he gets taken down at will. Like – 
he had no yeah. problem with that because like Tyson tried to move him into the corner and Francis is like, nope, like we'll just turn around. Like, yeah, it was wild. But going to that Rosen strike fight, like he just berserkered on him and caught him. Right. And it's like, well, if he tries to berserker on Tyson, you know, the dude's too slick. He's going to be able to survive. He's going to find those holes, counter him, piece him up with the jab. So like what Mike said was the strategy I don't think a lot of us thought he would be able to implement and that he would be able to implement strategically well was like, stay on the outside, wait for him to come in and counter his one twos with left hooks. Like that didn't seem before this fight started, like that would be a winning strategy for Francis. Like uh, that, that's a strategy for you to get pieced the fuck up by one of the best heavyweights that knows how to fight at range. So like the fact that that was the strategy and it worked as well as it did was, you know, remarkable so i mean yeah it was that 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 was those are the big surprising things for me it's just like yeah jesus yeah um wow though honestly wow um this dude like the this dude uh, his whole story man i gotta find a way to make this movie and i don't know who's gonna play him how much weight he, Idris he's Elba gonna put play on? him bobby you fucking kidding yeah. me he's gonna play yeah, him that's true Dude, his explanation of the dancing and on on Tyson thing, yeah, like good. where like I guess Tyson when they touch gloves says time to go to school, and Francis is thinking you motherfucker, <laughs> he said it like that you motherfucker, and then he dropped him and he started dancing and said you're not a very good teacher like what the fuck <laughs> like dude like this thing ended and like I the, the stuff I'm hearing today these boxing people like. Fucking, oh, Deontay Wilder is going to fight Francis Ngannou in a mixed rules fight in the PFL? Like, insane. Okay, sure. Can Deontay Wilder not get a boxing match? Like, he can. They're saying Deontay's got balls, basically. He's crazy enough to do it. Deontay should not do it. Just putting that out there. It just seems like they make so much more money boxing. Like, how much is the PFL going to pull in compared to if they did a boxing? Well, here's the thing. It, who, wh- how are they getting paid? If they're getting paid by the Saudis, let's oh, just accept yeah, the reality at this point that you're going to make way more money in Saudi Arabia. And in about a year to a year and a half, that is going to be the ho- the main home of big fights. Like, that's where we're heading. Yeah. Okay? okay. It is the home of heavyweight boxing right now. Just saying. Sure. You know? I mean, it I is mean, right yeah. now. They do, I mean, the, like, we'll get to the event, but they flew in. Every human being that's ever been relevant in combat, like in boxing, <laughs> yeah. mostly, yeah, and a bunch of UFC fighters too. Um, man, I mean, fuck. Let's just talk about it, though. I mean, they flew to Saudi Arabia for this. They, the co. I, I was told 2 p.m. Pacific time was when they're gonna walk out there. So I turn it on at 2 p.m. The co-main event ends with some guy getting knocked out. I'm like, cool, I'm ready to go. Then nothing happened. It was a while, hours. right? It was two hours. Oh, geez. it was two hours. Christ. And I'm like half watching f- like uh, football. Uh, and I'm watching because I was like, I had money on Oregon versus um, where the fuck Oregon tuned up Utah. That was not good, by the way. Not betting. Betting on Utah was a mistake. Um, but like I was going back and forth and I'm like a little baby concert happened. And then some other dude rapped. And then Becky G came out and sang for a while. And then we had to do the national anthem of Saudi Arabia. And there was like, there was a whole. And I forgot the song Tyson came out to, but I liked it. It might have been, it might have been Dancing Queen. 
I don't remember what it was exactly, but Tyson had a good walkout song. Wasn't it Pretty and Woman? And then like Fran Oh, Pretty Woman, that's what it was. My bad. Pretty Woman. Um and then Ty like Francis comes out with uh Us with a Camaro Usman and Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. And like the first thought I have is I think the one a lot of people did who are UFC fans was like these guys were holding the belts all together at the same time. Yeah. Wow, UFC Africa would have been something cool if they could have pulled that off, but no, didn't do that. That's one of the bags we fumbled. Just putting that as an ancillary bag unrelated to the main Francis bag, the UFC fumbled, by the way. Like, I mean, the money they spent on those concerts, though, was like, it was impressive. The amount, like, it was a whole ass, like, it looked like, it looked like a concert, like a full-on concert, like the arena tour mm-hmm. they went on. The full display was out there. Um, every, but when I say every boxer that you can imagine was there, I mean, just name them. Lennox, Evander, <coughs> fucking uh, Mike Tyson, apparently getting paid to also coach Francis. Um, fucking Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, Eddie, all the promoters were there. It was, I'm not doing it justice. Eminem is there. The Undertaker's there. Vince McMahon's in the front row. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo's in the second row. They, if if they spent 10 grand each on each person, not counting, including flights, let's say. Let's say they were only paid them. You have to pay these people more than that. You definitely have to pay them more than that. Okay. Let's say they paid them 10 grand, not counting flights. Spent like $500,000. More than that. Probably a million dollars on these people showing up. Like, that That was what we had going on. Like, they made this an event. This was the biggest combat sports event they could have put together, and the UFC had nothing to do with it by their own fucking, it was their own fucking fault. That was my thought mm-hmm. a lot of this too. I'm like, how pissed are they? How pissed? Fucking Vince McMahon is one of their is same companies. I'm using the first fucking row, sitting next to the Undertaker. Oh, that might also just be because they have an event coming up, like in less than a week. Yeah, so does the UFC. They didn't send anybody. Oh, but I mean, I mean the Saudis had USC footage. They played footage and audio from Francis's fights. They did. I wonder if that was ESPN. That was, dude. They couldn't even, here's the thing, they couldn't counter-program this because it was on ESPN pay-per-view. They couldn't, they coughed up footage. I was, I'm just imagining this motherfucker turning purple at home. I'm just going to be honest. That's what I was imagining most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the, the build-up. Did, were they able to use UFC footage? They used a little UFC footage, mostly okay. audio. But yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, they, they did. Um, that was, that was incredible. Um, I guess let's go with uh, how many – you guys want to go with how many different ways the UFC fucked this up or do you want to go with what is this guy going to do next? Let's go with the negative stuff. Let's go with how many ways the UFC fucked this up. That's why people listen to this up. podcast at this point. Okay. Brief rundown. Let me give a quick two-minute synopsis here. Um, back when Francis was the apple of their eyes, um, they said stuff like, uh, John Jones is never going to want to fight Francis Ngannou. Like he's, Dana White said John Jones might move to middleweight to avoid Francis Ngannou. That was a thing he said, guys. Real thing he said. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And, to, yeah. and then when Francis didn't want to sign their exploitive contracts, by the way, uh, we were reading the Habib contract right before this podcast started. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, he had, you know, he had an, he had the audacity to say, hey, man, I want to do other stuff. Hey, you guys let the little Irish dude fight Floyd Mayweather. I would like to fight Tyson Fury. I want to box. Will you let me box? Okay. UFC apparently hating the money they made off of the McGregor fight, which resulted in their most profitable year ever. It was like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Um, This man 
refuses to sign a new contract. They make an interim title for no reason. Remember they made an interim title two months after or three months? He wouldn't, he wouldn't defend his belt three months after winning it. He said, I need four months, and they made an interim title and made Gone fight Derek Lewis for an interim title. That was a thing that happened. That They did that. Um, they He still wouldn't sign a contract. His manager is getting threatening and racist text messages from people with 702 area codes. It's the Vegas area code. Um, he goes out there and fights with a torn ACL, and I think his MCL might have been torn too, against a fucking French kickboxing champion. Right. And guts that shit out, you know, on grappling. Tear, you know, just decides he just says, OK, I'm going to ride this out. Doesn't fight for a year. The UFC says they released him. They they couldn't. They didn't. They did sure. not release him. It's not not the facts. Man disparages his name left and right. Called him fat for some reason at one point. Called Francis fat. Said that uh, Francis only wants easy fights. Said that um, we don't do gimmick fights over here. Then the next week said he wanted to do Tyson Fury versus uh, John Jones. That was the next week. Uh, ripped on him. And because this is uh, UFC and Dana White, a bunch of fucking the losers online were after him too. This man signs with the PFL. They're like, oh, you fucked it up, man. How could you do that? Who cares if you if you negotiated one of the best contracts ever and that you guaranteed your opponent would get $2 million? Bullshit, fuck you. You know, you're never going to get that Tyson Fury fight. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, you got the Tyson Fury fight. Oh, well, you know what? Whatever. It's, you know, you're not going to get paid that much. Oh, oh, you're making at least $10 million. Oh, oh, and and you're getting pay-per-view cut. Oh, and sponsorship. Well, it's not even a real fight. Oh, it's a real fight. It's a real fight. It's a real fight. Okay. You're going to get washed anyway. This man needs to stop being doubted. Okay. UFC, though, back to that point, Mike, fuck this up about 15 different ways. There's not, There was nothing stopping it from it saying UFC on the side of that fucking ring. Uh, it would have said it would have said Zufa Boxing or whatever bullshit promotion they made for McGregor. Yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing. Instead of saying gimmick fights, by the way, Francis naming his company gimmick fights is one of my favorite things, by the way. Did he really? That's that was just, He did. <laughs> by the way, him carrying a bag to the open workouts that said fumbled the bag embroidered on the side of his bag was another <laughs> this, guy's a this man for being, <laughs> for being such a fucking gentleman a plus trolling too a yeah, plus he's, he's okay. got a good comedy these dudes thought mike they thought they were gonna bully this man into doing stuff this man was in the fucking sand mines of cameroon at 10 years old he had to build a dinghy to cross water to make it to france just to get arrested there just because he wanted to learn how to fight and they thought that they were this bald-headed fuck was just going to be like, yeah, he is a, he's going to try the same bullshit. He doesn't want to fight. He just doesn't want to fight. He wants easy opponents. They really thought that was going to work, huh? They really thought that was going to work? That was cute. That was real cute, man. What? I, if I'm a stockholder in this, if I'm a stockholder of TKO, because I'm a stock, I'm not. I'm a stockholder Endeavor, of Endeavor. I missed Mistake right there. If I'm a stockholder of TKO, Mike, do you not think as a me wondering how... Why Why wasn't this company I'm invested in involved in this? What happened here? Why? You're a publicly traded company. Why? Wh I would have questions as an investor that why they did this. I mean, what? Now, are we still bashing the UFC or can I offer a counterpoint? Oh, good. Whatever you want, man. We're just talking. So, um, why, besides the fact that I think because of vindictive reasons and him just being a miserable little 
bald shit. Dana White is probably mad that Francis did so well, but as a businessman and in the grand scheme of things, he doesn't give a shit. He's hitting his numbers. The UFC is as lucrative as they've ever been. They look. Francis doing what he's doing, yeah, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a, a lot of a F you to, to the UFC, but they're fine. They didn't need Francis and Gone. Would it have been great if they could have co-promoted this? Yeah, but that's not breaking the company. They're still going to have probably record profits this year. They're fine. Yeah, and then to, play off, profit. to play off Mike too, like, and we've seen this, and this kind of this is kind of one of the shitty things about the UFC is like, that's what they care about is those three letters, right? I mean, Dana's been very upfront about it for a long time. Those are the three most important letters. So while they could have co-promoted this and, you know, like we all thought he might get washed, that would hurt the brand, right? If you have your current heavyweight champion, go out there. And even though we all knew, like, look, this guy really shouldn't be competitive against Tyson Fury. He's the best heavyweight champion of the world. This is his first boxing match. He goes out there and he got he gets washed like a lot of us thought he would. Maybe it makes the UFC look bad. Now, the opposite happened, right? It would have made them Whoa, look... Wait, hold, hold, hold on, time out. I don't think they can make that argument when McGregor went out there, got tuned up by Floyd Mayweather, got ca- no sure. one got carried for that long, and then proceeded to smash every pay-per-view record on his return to the yeah. UFC. Not a single person thought he, any less of Conor McGregor there, man. That's a good point. They can't make yeah. that argument this time. Sorry, I'll cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, they, that's kind of been since Conor, right? They haven't done it again. So, I mean, you are right. Like, the pay-per-view numbers and how much they've made definitely doesn't seem like that loss affected them that much. But they've been unwilling to do that again, right? And they've had multiple guys in their roster that ultimately did go on to do boxing. Now, none of them got high-profile fights like that fight, right? McGregor is different than any Jake Paul fight, right? Even though Jake Paul numbers or, you know, the the atmosphere of it were, were fairly big for boxing matches, right? It got a lot of you know, media attention and stuff. None of them were at the caliber that McGregor Floyd Floyd was, except this one, right? Um, so, I mean, yeah, the UFC definitely dropped the ball money-wise, but I do see Mike's this, point. Not booking, not booking this fight is one thing. They didn't book him versus John Jones. Yeah. They had four fucking years to book him versus John Jones. Three, if you want to be conservative. By the way, if they had booked this, him versus John Jones breaks every single pay-per-view record the UFC has. It breaks every gate record. Coming off of this, if tomorrow, they could do it, by the way. There is nothing stopping them tomorrow of calling up to PFL and saying, we want to do Francis Ngannou versus John. No, John Jones is hurt. Let's say he wasn't hurt, okay? Mm-hmm. We want to do Francis. John Francis said it today. He says, I'll fight Stipe if they want to. He said, I'll do it. I'll fight Stipe if they want to do it instead. We can co-promote. There's nothing stopping them. But, you know, the most important thing are the three letters. Very fair. But, like, there is nothing stopping them tomorrow for booking the most profitable fight they've ever had. And it's not going to affect a fucking thing with any other fighter. They're not. These people are not organized. They're not going to be a wholesale revolt because Sean O'Malley can't fight Devin Haney or, you know... By the way, I mean, I would say that's going to be an incredibly one-sided fight. But let's be honest: the smaller, the lighter that you go up in these sports, both of the lighter in both of these sports, you get more skilled. Like it's just the way it is. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the fucking Devin Haney would 
I, I mean, look, I'm, I, maybe I should not doubt Sean, did not doubt people, but I don't think Devin Haney would lose to Sean O'Malley. I'd put it that way. But um, I just think they could have had, they, there's nothing, look, the, the, this lawsuit is going to end badly. There's no way it doesn't. It's going to wholesale, if it doesn't change, honestly, if they don't, if this doesn't wholesale change the way the UFC does business, it's because some, something very bad happened in the court of law. Okay. This is going to end badly. So maybe they're just hanging on to every dime they can out mm-hmm. of this fucking thing because I firmly believe they are going to sell this company before it's all said and done to the Saudis. Right. Flat out sell it. I firmly believe that. But there was a lot of money to be made. And right now there's a lot of money to be made. And Francis Ngannou should be the face of MMA right now. He was a heavyweight. They had a heavyweight champion of the world, Mike, who looks like a he looks like the goddamn Incredible Hulk, okay? He is the dollar signs they saw in Overeem thinking he could do it. No, this guy did it. They had that, okay? They had him, and they fucked it up, okay? In the most important division, they'll put on a heavyweight fight between two bums who are 3-0 and on a main card of a pay-per-view while bantamweights on seven-fight win streaks are sitting on the prelims. Like, this is the division they care about. And they didn't. And I don't think it's just because Dana White is ego- because I don't think he actually has any power in this guy. I don't think he's making decisions. Like, I don't think he, I think the, I think Ari Emanuel runs this company. I think that's what's happening. And they have not spent more money on people, it feels like. You know, the fighter share last year was 13%. That's even less than usual. You know, that's even less. Not even 13% this year. I mean... Maybe the month they had to pay Volkanovski to, you know, fight off, get off the couch, 10 days notice, puts a dip in that. So, I don't know. I just think, I think that the number one, I think Francis Ngannou can write a check for whatever he wants. We're going to talk about that in a minute here. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the PFL is offering him, he, uh, they got a deal. Even if they're paying him $10 million a fight, they got a deal. He may, we may not ever see him fight an MMA again. Honestly. The money that's be, gonna be thrown at him. Now. I think it'd be pretty hard for him to go back to MMA if, like, at, at least in the next year or so, because you gotta assume he's gonna be rematching Fury. That that just makes the most sense in the world. Have, let Fury get his fight with that mustache dude out of the way. And he's got three heavyweight titles, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That was a suspect mustache. Um, yeah, Mike. They're gonna they're gonna have a tie, they're gonna have a fight for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Yeah. I don't okay. know, man. And Francis well, is gonna be right there front row. This seems it seems pretty <laughs> like, fucking dis- it seems pretty fucking disputed. This seems pretty fucking disputed, if you ask me. Pretty fucking disputed. I mean, they couldn't um, even get him into the first row. I'm just saying how how important is he? Ronaldo the Undertaker in was in the first row. Do you think that they didn't know Undertaker and Vince were coming? They're like, get this because it was in the front, very front. It was in front of the camera. I'm like. You said, get your, just go away. We got fucking no chance in hell is going to play and the Undertaker is going to come out with this old fuck. Come on, man. Get out of the way. That's what we're going to do here. Um, Yeah, we may never, the, the guy who runs PFL today said there's only interesting fights truly for Francis Ngannou or John Jones and Stipe. Mm-hmm. And that's the guy who runs PFL. But he's not okay? wrong, too. <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not being, he's not lying to him. He's not, but here's the thing. There's ways they can get creative. And PFL's got a lot of Saudi money behind it. They got a lot of Saudi behind them now. They got a big Saudi, like, this guy today was saying Nate Diaz is scared 
of fighting Jake Paul and that we've offered him a firm offer of 10 to $15 million. And I'm like, the word firm normally doesn't have a 50% swing in the amount of money you're paying someone in an offer. It's not how firm works. That is but true. Just, yeah. <laughs> just putting that out there. She didn't imply Nate was scared. But there's money in this company, man. They got money in this company. Um, I don't know, man. I guess like, I'm just sitting here, by the way, because remember Derek Lewis resigned after he hit the flying knee in the last fight? And mm-hmm. like we were saying, how much money did they have to pay Derek Lewis for him to not seek free agency? Whatever they're paying him, he made a mistake. Yeah. Because Derek Lewis beat him. And all the, none of these people, I said it when, they, when Derek Lewis was available. I said, right. this fight was like seven years ago. This whole sport has new fans. Okay. They don't care that it was boring as shit. Okay. He got a win over him. All right. Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's compelling, but like that's one. Derek Lewis missed out on a lot of money. I, I hope he gets paid a lot I, of money I hope to go down to Sao Paulo. I hope he's getting a million a fight because... It has to be more. They were going to give him two million to fight Francis one time, and that was minimum. You think Derek Lewis doesn't realize he's the second most heavy popular heavyweight in the whole fucking UFC too? Honestly, man, like, I hope they made it worth Derek's while because he's they're sending his ass down to Sao Paulo to be fodder for uh, Dalton yeah. Almeida. Yeah, look where he's at now. Because, like, this is what he gets for being loyal to these people. Yep. And look, he better. I hope he gets a title shot if he wins. Then, and also, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at twenty-seven and eleven. Because I'm looking at his record right now. It's like, it, dude's not a world beater. His record's not great. He's probably making way more money than just looking at what he's accomplished would. But like, he's a super marketable guy, right? He's been able to generate a lot of publicity because of how yeah, he that, fights. I mean, he's and, got he's got a ball sweat, ball deodorant, and yeah. manscape ad. The UFC's taking probably two thirds off. But, money, but I'm pretty you know. I'm pretty sure when he was talking negotiations, he probably brought up the UFC like, look, we got this PFL thing. It's very lucrative. And I'm sure Dana said, look, you go to PFL. I will fucking bury you like I bury everyone else that leaves this company. You will never come <laughs> back here. So fuck you. Dude, he's 40 you get years that- old. Yeah. So it's like, so here you, you can take your easy two mil, which is very tempting for the vast majority of us. Or you could take this long contract with ten fucking fights on it. You're going to South Palo. We're gonna we're gonna be shipping but, your but ass. Do you, think, do, you, do you really think it was a one fight deal they were gonna offer Derek Lewis a PFL? That's, I don't think they're signing one fight deals to PFL. They could use it. Um, yeah, no. they're about to buy the whole heavyweight division of Bellator. That's besides the point. We'll talk about. I mean, Derek Lewis sure. is not the one I'm saying fumbled the bag here. Though I do think he cost himself a fair amount of money not taking this fight. Yeah. Um, fuck it, man. Let's see what the options are. This is what I heard today. Him fighting. Uh, Fury immediate rematch. Um, him fighting Deontay Wilder in boxing. Him fighting Deontay Wilder in a mixed rules match. Him fighting Anthony Joshua, which was Eddie Hearn was on the fucking camp train trail today with jo- with about Anthony Joshua. He really was. Um, um, Francis is gonna uh, him and Ariel going back and forth made me laugh. Okay, <laughs> about that. Um, I think someone said he should fight Dillian White or Chisora, and I'm like, fucking why? Yeah, no point. Why? Dude, the guy, the guy who runs the WCBC said he's going to rank him. Like he's going to be ranked at 0-1. Yeah. He 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 beat up their heavy. He beat up the lineal. He, right now, Francis Ngannou, in my eyes, is the lineal UFC heavyweight champion, which is really just the first champion UFC's ever had, too, lineal. It's all one. It's one champion. It all came from the first fucking tournament. Okay? 
and the lineal boxing heavyweight champion. Because that is what Tyson Fury had, the lineal championship. He is truly the baddest man on the planet. He is going to make so much money, okay? He's 37 years old. He doesn't have a lot of, I mean, I guess, I don't know how old you can be boxing as heavyweight and, and uh, you can be boxing heavyweight, but the MMA, you can come back at age 42. So maybe we'll see him for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being honest with myself, Mark, I've said it to you. I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight fucking Deontay Wilder in a, with four-ounce gloves. I want to see that happen. Okay, but this would be Realistic? like a mixed rules, which is unclear yeah. what what that would entail oh, exactly. By, by the way, I appreciated this. There's a moment where I'm watching the fight, and I'm turning to my girlfriend, and I'm just like looking at it. I'm just like, man, I watch MMA, and I like it so much more because I'm looking at it. I'm just like, Francis should slam a leg kick one time on this dude's because Tyson's leaning on his leg on his like he's leaning forward on the weights on his lead leg, and I'm like, one fucking leg kick. This guy retires, let alone quits this fight. And I, before while I'm saying that, I get a message from Stefan. Stefan goes, "Man, the leg kick's just right there for Francis." <laughs> just as I'm saying that, um, look, he can't fight. Deontay Wilder's got skinnier legs than like fucking. I saw that picture today, and I was like, they shouldn't, they shouldn't let him kick him in the legs. Um, Tyson Fury threw an elbow at him though. Yeah, that was yeah. that was impressive. <laughs> Standing elbow. Um, I want. We said it honestly when they they were talking about him boxing. We all said it. We want to see him fight Deontay Wilder, right? Like that was mm-hmm. the one we all talked about before this even happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see that, or I would like to see him get a. Re- I mean, all these options sound good to me. Anthony Joshua is probably the least interesting to me. Yeah, agreed. But if they want to go to Africa the way Ty- Eddie Hearn did and said he wants to make this an at fight in Africa, that'd be real cool. That would be a cool sight to see if they wanted to go, go to um. Fuck, where was the Rumble in the Jungle? Manila, right? Zaire. No, that's no Zaire. Yeah, it was in Zaire. No, Manila was Thrilla in Manila. Is Manila. Oh, okay, Manila. that's where I'm getting them. Mixed oh yeah, up. Kinshasa. You're right. You're right. It was in Zaire. So they wanted to go to like Kinshasa. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know African politics and current situation well enough to know. But like that'd be cool. But I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight Deontay Wilder. And Deontay Wilder seems like he's fucking down. Um, Mike, what do you want? I want to see him rematch. Um. Tyson Fury. I think that would be the biggest bag he can get. Um, the fight is compelling. Uh, he arguably won that fight. Um, I think that's the fight he should hold out for. Um, but I don't think it's a bad consolation. Um, him getting Anthony, Anthony, is it Anthony Joshua or Anthony Johnson? I forget. Anthony Joshua. Rest Anthony in Joshua. peace, Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rumble. Rumble. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the Anthony Joshua fight would be good just in the aspect that, you know, he's still he's still very popular. I don't think he's as good as Tyson Fury, but um, it would be marketable and it could sell. Yeah, I mean, I mean Mark, what do you want? I, I mean... I kind of agree with Mike in the sense that I definitely want him to get whatever the biggest paycheck is. Like, like for me personally, it's like, well, what will fight what I want to see as like a fight fan. I do want to see that wilder fight. Even if it is boxing, um, I probably more so in boxing in mixed rules. Like I look, I love a freak show and I would love, they had some weird, like, Oh, the first round is going to be three minutes with boxing gloves. And they got to take the boxing gloves off and put MA gloves on and put shin pads on or some bullshit like this. And, and now he can't knee or something like mix, mix rules fights are, are fun for like the, the novelty of it. 
but it's just they're complicated and it just gets weird and it's just ultimately just kind of muddles the whole kind of event and fight itself so i would like them to be like look you're gonna stick in one kind of sport and while there's not going to have i know he's training mma but you're just not going to be able to make that compelling right if there's going to be an mma fight it's like well it's not as compelling as it would be in boxing where we at least know that for instance probably has a bigger payday potentially than wilder because he, he beat him um so that's really what i want because i mean ultimately at this point i think we probably all can agree like we we've always liked francis there's never been a time you can't really not like this guy like even like look i love yeah. overings one of my favorite fighters i still liked it when he knocked his fucking block off you know like you can't you can't know who that guy is and not like him because he's just like shout, well, out, shout out to Overeem for picking francis to win he did yeah and i was and like shout out to deontay wilder also for picking francis to and win. i was like Overeem, like guys. of course you think he wins like you're still concussed from that knockout but like at the end of the day, it was just like, you can't not like this guy, right? Because not not just because of his story, which is insane, you know what he's been what he's been through and what he's been able to accomplish. But like the way he conducts himself, like I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, where I was like, oh, you know, like I think GSP might be one of the best MMA fighters of all time, not just because of what he accomplished, which was amazing, but like dude's been like the gentleman the like just like the highest class Steph used person. to call him gentle Steph used to always call him gentleman GSP on the podcast right. and that's, that's a good name Francis is that same thing like we just talked about like how he's had all these negotiation problems he had to like you know battle out of the UFC and he never really said anything bad about the UFC he's always been a class act he's like look at like they offered me a lot of money but there's certain things I want to do that they're not going to allow me to do so I have to step away and he always said like look I'll come back like, I'm not closing that door. Like, they're closing the door. They're trying to make me look like I'm scared and I don't want, I always want easy fights and I'm all about the money. But, like, I just want to chase these opportunities while I can because that door is closing. And, that, and that's ultimately what it comes down to, right? Like you said, he's 37. He, There's not a lot he's of a time class left. Act, man. Yeah. He, he, he deserves everything he's, he's earned so far. And you just want to see him earn more. So, yeah, I, I agree with Mike. I think the Fury Did fight probably gets the most money. Wilder, I would imagine, still gets a lot of money, but probably just not as much. So really, I just want to see this guy like be at the top of the world when, when he decides to hang it up and not be concussed and not have all these other problems that we've seen other combat sports guys have. So that's what I hope. Yeah, man. Honestly, in a world, especially in the last few years where we de- so many fighters have shown their ass. Um, yeah. Ugh, there's yeah. so few that I can like that's I literally have told you before where I'm like. I've gone from being upset about fighter pay to almost being like, well, they deserve it. You probably should one of you should fucking say something. <laughs> or do something or yeah yeah shout out to kong lee and that fucking the antitrust case by the way um khabib's contract online just saying a lot of other stuff's online now too um yeah man just hope he gets the biggest check possible that's fair mike it's fair mark give him the biggest check possible and if i'm the saudis i wonder if it's worth it to try to go double double main event both those fights made a Usyk fury and uh wilder francis on the same card maybe that'd be cool that'd be cool but i don't know if you roll the dice on Francis, I mean, I, I, if you is anybody picking against Francis against any boxer right now? Be honest with yourselves. You have to pick right now. You're picking Deontay Wilder. You're gonna pick. I, I, I'm not picking against him. I don't care. I mean, I, I do feel like at least now we got to look right. I think going into this fight with Fury, you really just didn't know how Francis is going to look, and that, that's that's the appeal of a lot of these fights with like these MMA guys going to boxing. Like we don't know how they're going to perform. For the most part, they haven't performed very well. The boxers have been able to piece them up and win these fights we kind of know at least in this fight like okay like mike said he's calm he's collected he's gonna wait for you to come 
and maybe he changes his strategy in another fight, but at least now we kind of see like what he's capable of. And these guys are going to have to kind of work through that. And I think they can, you know, I think when you're looking at high level boxers, they're going to be able to look at this and strategize a little bit better and try to find some of the flaws. Cause it's not like, look, it's not like he, he, he went out there and looked like a world beater where he was dominating with the jab or he was controlling really what he did was he put the fear of God in Tyson Fury when he knocked him down. And was like, look it, if you don't follow your P's and Q's, I'm going to win this fight because I can change it in one punch and I'm not making the dumb mistakes we all thought he was going to make. Like he was going to tire himself out. He wasn't going to be there at the end of the round, at the oh, end yeah. of the fight to I mean, do the, the just thing, that. Uh, the thing Eddie Hearn said where he said Tyson kept setting traps and feints and he said, I don't know if Francis, if it was him being clever that he didn't fall for them or that it was general naivete. naivete I can't say it. Yeah. Being naive. Um, that like, are we, I, Motherfucker knows, look, man, Dewey Cooper, because I look, Eric Nixick's a great coach, and a month ago, he helped Fran stretch on, not even a month ago, how long ago, well, about a month ago, Sean Strickland became middleweight champion of the world, and he also is in Francis's corner. Dewey Cooper is a kickboxing coach, mm -hmm. kickboxer and a boxer, and he had to, like, introduce himself, because Tyson's like, Tyson Fury's like, who's your coach? And, like, Dewey Cooper almost to be like, me, uh, the guy with the dreadlocks, that's me, I'm the coach, that's me. Man did a the man um did a good job and this is some stealing somebody else's point for this I'm trying um I think it was Brian Campbell where he said this man looked at what this guy what what, what parts of MMA that he could use like mm -hmm. positions like the different angles that he could take advantage of those things for Francis which Tyson said something before this fight where he said I'm trying I'm trying I'm training extremely hard. Because I don't know, he's going to present a bunch of different things I've never seen before because he's not a boxer. Granted, those were the correct words. I'm not sure if he did do that necessarily, but that's kind of how it played out, Mike. That's kind of how it played out. He did a bunch of things that Tyson didn't expect. And I do wonder if the belt was on the line. Does Tyson fight differently? Or maybe he doesn't. Because I wonder if he just, ah, maybe he, did. he doesn't make a difference. I'm just wondering if he's just like, I need to protect this fight that's in two months. But I they did not look confident that he won. That corner did not look confident that he won. Um at all. And uh if we gave out Coach of the Year awards on this podcast, Eric Nixick and that team won easily. Everybody else apply for next year. Uh, <coughs> I just remain in awe of Francis Ngannou, man. Just he's the man. Saw a pretty cool uh, shirt online. I don't know if it's his. If it is his, I'll buy it, Mark. I was going to send it to you. Someone did like Predator, like fucking like scope thing. And like okay. it was him punching Tyson. And I'm sure it is not his because some and I'm more I'm saying it out loud. They have a lot of rights being violated here. Yeah. But I'll see if I can find the shirt and send it to you. It was really cool. Um, remember when you said that Francis had the dreads? So when he was yeah. a Predator yeah. and he had dreads. Oh, yeah. I, I'm still not happy he got rid of the dreads. Gonna be honest. I, I think the hairline started to go a little bit, and the dreads weren't yeah. rocking as good. They're they doing a little Neil Magny kind of thing, where it's like these dreads are kind of embellishing the yeah. hair that's not there instead of the hair that's there. Yeah. So I think he ultimately made the right call. That's fair. That's fair. Um, bro, he's the man. What are you gonna he say, Mike? He's man. just the man. What else I got? He's the fucking man. He's the baddest man on the planet. As advertised. It's him. It's him. All props to him. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad he uh, didn't get the the victory though. Well, that would have been the cherry on the top, but public opinion. I think I think the world would have truly exploded had that. Yo, happened. seriously, 
Tyson, I was telling my brother this. Tyson needs to say he didn't take him seriously. I have a lot of respect for Tyson just being like, right. I had a bad performance. And, like, I yeah. did train and all that stuff. I honestly have a lot of respect for him saying, like, at least, like, not trying to, like, you know. No excuses. Just say, I didn't, I didn't, like, he just said, I fought poorly. I thought I won. He obviously still thought he got hit in the back of the head. I'm like, oh, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's, yeah, you got that hit was right across side. the fucking face, homie. Yeah. You got hit right across the dome there. But, like, dude, he, um, I, he should lie. He should say I didn't train. You know, I, I, I respect the truth. And I, I do think, too, like right now, that's how it feels like. But this sport, much like boxing, what have you done for me lately? He just fucked up boxing. So what have you done for boxing? Everyone's like, yeah, he should have he should have lied. So I took I didn't train. I didn't do this or that. But like, look, he fights Usyk. He beats Usyk. Like, I mean, I thought he was gonna, you know, before this fight, I thought he was a favorite going into the Usyk fight. I was gonna. No, pick I'm still picking. I still think he's. I still think he's gonna tune up Usyk personally. It, let, let's say he does, right? He puts this. This Francis fight becomes, you know, you look at that wiki page. It's a W, baby. How how, how well how well in five years? We, do we, we talk remember? about this. we talk about this a <laughs> we lot, might. man. We, we, we might talk- because this was historical. No, no, remember, we've <laughs> talked about how like these bad decisions get lost. I remember we were talking yeah. about like. Someone was just like Leona Machida with the great wins over Shogun Hua. And I was just like, whoa, okay, wait, wait, one second. Uh, nobody with I saw. I wasn't close. He lost three or four rounds. No. Uh, but now time has passed. Ten fucking years have passed. You know, more than that, actually. Fuck, we're old. Fourteen years have passed since that one, I think. Like, thirteen years, maybe. Twenty ten, I think. Um, yeah, and you guys lost the time. Um, but I'd like the people today. There's not, they're not in the majority, but the people are just like, what are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? And they're trying to be like, oh, no, it's really, you know, and the thing they're defending is literally that Tyson barely won. That's what they're trying. That's what they Skin have to chief. defend. Is the, it's the amazing thing. He got out of there by one point on one scorecard. Yep. One point on one scorecard. And I stand by the fact that how's that motherfucker going to justify to me that that guy didn't win round seven? Actually, you know what? The 95, 94 guy gave DA did give round seven to, uh, to Francis, the ninety six, ninety three guy is the one where I, we have a com- I have a, co- a couple words for him, for Juan Carlos Peleo. Okay, you know Johnny Carlos has to you know maybe account for you know what happened out there that night a little bit. So, all hail the king, man. Yep, long live Francis Ngannou, the king of combat sports, the heavyweight king of combat sports. UFC went out there and sent John Jones out there to fight for a vacant title. Took care of a Frenchman who can't grapple in two minutes. Tore his knee, and now we got to tore his uh, shoulder. I don't want to diminish John Jones. John Jones is probably the greatest mixed martial artist that's ever been. It's him and GSP, if you ask me. The best two. And John ain't never lost. Really. So that's number one. Um, they got two guys fight for a heavyweight title. People paid $900 for fucking seats to sit in like the second or third deck next weekend, Mike. And I love Tom Aspinall. And I, I'm a big Sergey Pavlovich guy, but you didn't, just say nine, you didn't just say 900 bucks, did you? It's like 900 bucks. Yeah. By the way, if you are going to UFC 295, right? 295, uh, you should have taken advantage of the ability to return your tickets and then buy the tickets the day of. Because <laughs> yeah, get your money I back. Don't, <laughs> I Look, I don't think you're going to pay more. Let's put it that way. It might be the same. I think it is worth the gamble. Because as much as we're all excited for those two title fights are rule, quite frankly. I think Aspinall and Pavlovich is a better fight than Jones and Stipe. Real talk. Better fight. Mm. And I think uh, Yiri and Alex is going to be a lot of fun on, if, Yiri, if Yiri fights stupid. 
which I think he might. So <laughs> I think they're going to stand him back. You can save a couple bucks maybe on that one. Um, so I guess we'll see. Let's, uh, I said Emmett Francis and Ghanu Appreciation Hour. We've been talking for 56 minutes about Francis and Ghanu. Oh, pretty, 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 much, pretty much an hour. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, let's make our picks for UFC yep. fight night in uh, Sao Paulo. Um, pull this card up. Uh, pull these odds up. Um, I It's one of those cards, Mark, and I don't call it a doo-doo, but I do at least recognize there's a lot of people I recognize on the card. But in a bunch of one-sided like cupcakes, which I don't like. Like I'm a big fan of the Bonfim brothers. I've really enjoyed the Bonfim brothers. They're both fighting fights. So they're like each of them is minus five hundred. And like Caio Borrelio is pretty good. Rodolfo Vieira is not bad. These are just a bunch of one-sided things, man. And just it's one relevant fight again. One truly relevant fight. It's the main event. It's Derek Lewis. These people sold out the arena. I'm just gonna say that they sold out the gym. Over there. Ignacio do Iberapuera is sold out for sure with 10,000 people. Thrilled that the UFC is back for the first time in quite some time. Um, the first time they've been to Sao Paulo since November 2019. Um, main event, Derek Lewis, Jolton Almeida. Um, this podcast has made no secret about our affinity for both of these men. Derek Lewis for a longer time, but Jolton Almeida is a train we've been on now for his he's been on he's had five UFC fights if I'm being honest I definitely checked in around Parker Porter that was the second one I think um but we Mark and I remember we've been talking about him for a few times Mike's been on board we know how good Jolton Almeida is that dude is yoked up his nickname is Malhadinho which just means muscly just accurate nice. <laughs> Derek Abs Lewis came back hit a flying fucking knee on Marcos Ogirio de Lima and knock his ass out in 30 seconds back in July. Signed a big UFC contract, God willing. Please, Derek. Dude is 38 years old. So, betting odds for this one when I last checked on MGM, which is the type of podcast we are now, apparently. Derek Lewis coming in at plus 350, minus 500 for um, Jolton Almeida. I did not think they'd be this big, the odds. If I'm being honest, that's a big gap. Um, I'm going to take Jolton Almeida. I'm imagining all of us are taking Jolton Almeida. Yep, everybody's saying they're taking Jolton Almeida. Correct. Uh, Mike, do you mind telling us, uh, I believe you are still up one on Mark, and I'm a few back, right? That's how we're doing right now? Uh, no, I am up two on Mark. Two. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it's two. Uh, I am 59 and 34. Uh, Mark and Chalk are 57 and 36, and you are 56 and 37. So, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, it is still anyone's ball game. Wait, how many back was I? I apologize, Mike. I was pulling up the list of UFC events. You are three back. Okay. Mark, worth noting, there are one, two, three, four, five, six events left. The last one, one in this calendar year. One of us might have to morally be bankrupt enough to pick Colby Covington to beat Leon Edwards. Here's the thing also. I think Pantoja versus Brandon Royville is going to be another one. I think the two title fights. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm picking Leon Edwards. Mike, I'm thinking, given the conversation we've been having for months, is picking Leon Edwards. I'm not going to bend on that one. But Pantoja and Royville? Man, don't make me pick Tony Ferguson over. I don't want want to to pick Colby Covington. 
Yeah. Mike's like, I need a lead. You're in the driver's seat, yeah, Mike's baby. like, if I maintain a lead, I can just fucking pick who I want to pick. The two main events on the two title fights next weekend are tough too, by the way. Um, I don't know. Like right now in my head, full camp, I take Aspinall. But Sergey's been the backup. You know. Yep. Just saying. But okay. Um, yeah, I I'm just putting this out there. If uh, I got at least ten dollars, I don't want to see ever again that I'm gonna bet on Derek Lewis by knockout. Just being honest with you guys. I mean, that's always I a got good bet. I got ten dollars. I was honestly, I was gonna try I was gonna bone I was gonna parlay the Bonefine brothers, um Jalton Almeida and the D- D- Detroit Lions, but I forgot to put the bet in. And I think the Detroit Lions are taking care of business, if I'm not mistaken. Uh as of the last time I yeah, they're they're kicking the twenty six to fourteen. Um, yeah, the rest of this card, it's got some interesting people, Mark. Honestly, I'm, I, I said, I'm a big, uh, Bonefim brothers fan. Um, I believe the better one is Gabriel, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which makes sense. He's in the co-main event fighting Nicholas Dalby, not a pushover, but a big fucking underdog, big underdog. Um, so some people on this one, um, if I could bet specifically on Angela Hill's fight going to split decision, Mm, like not that I'm saying who's going to win, but yeah. if I can specifically pick split decision, you know what? She hasn't had a split in a while. She's had regular ass decisions. She's due. Yeah, that fight going, that fight going to decision is going to be like minus 700. <laughs> I got to make it real specific. Um, she's on the undercard buried down there. Um, Mark Dia Casey. I remember when he was a thing. Oh, he's curtain jerking. Um, yeah. Denise Gomez is the one fighting Angela Hill. Victor Hugo. There's some guys. There's a lot of no Wikipedia pages, man. Abus Magomedov, a man I bet money on to fight Sean Strickland with no knowledge on him of him at all. Just me assuming Sean Strickland was going to do something stupid. He's fighting again. That's what might be my. That's one of my worst bets of the year. To be honest, right there. That was a mistake. That was stupid. That was real stupid. Uh, that and Utah plus seven this past weekend. Real stupid. Real stupid. Real stupid. Um. Okay. Um. I think we're just going to do stuff we like. This ended. This went yeah. faster than I thought it was going to be. We have nothing else to go with. Um, I'm going to le- throw it over to Mark for Mike first because, Mike, we didn't hear from you when we talked about Spider-Man. You weren't here for that. Oh, did you guys uh, you speak about to- Spider-Man? Because I-, I tuned out at the stuff we like part. Last yeah, week. we did do Spider-Man. We did Spider-Man talk. But, you know, as much, I mean, I'm only, I'm only at 12% and I haven't played since then. I think Mark's probably considerably farther than I am. And I know mm-hmm. you probably are, too, now. But. Just overall, what do you think? What do you think of the game? I I think the game is it's good. It's it's amazing, like uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and the and the first Spider-Man game. Um, enjoying the story. Um, I've I like the one of the twists they've done to some of the origin stuff. I won't get into it to not spoil it for you, but um, I reached the part where they introduced the. Uh, traditional character in a in a very different way i'm like oh okay this is this is nice kind of keeps you on on your toes um so (coughs) sorry i'm still getting over a cold um i really do enjoy spider-man um if we weren't doing this podcast uh tonight i would probably be playing that right now um Besides that, I did buy Super Mario Wonder on the same day as as Spider-Man. And that's been a very enjoyable game. Um, I chalk it up to almost like whoever at Nintendo 
thought of thought up this game and designed this game it's as if they were doing all the mushrooms and psychedelics in the world when they thought of the level designs for for this game it's it's trippy and it's really out there for a mario game and it's it's really enjoyable as well right on um I'll, honestly i don't think i i don't remember what i would have Oh, I've been watching Frasier, the new one. I've already talked about that. Nice. It's, it's all right. It's all right. Um, uh, there's a there's a trailer for The Crown season six, which starts five days after I canceled Netflix. I believe it's the last season, right? Yeah, we're gonna kill Princess Diana, basically. Um, did not did you did you watch season five, Mike? No. Guy playing Prince Charles is too handsome. Me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Isn't it uh isn't it the Dominic uh West. yeah Dominic West, yeah, the dude from the wire. Yeah, yeah he's way too handsome. In fairness, it's all the me. people who have played Prince Charles have been too handsome. Yeah, but like they did not make Camilla pretty. Like they had like the actress herself is attractive, but they really tried to like Ugly Fire. I'm just saying they really yeah, they really I mean just saying, man. Fucking generations of inbreeding telling me Prince Charles doesn't look like that. Anyway, this season six doesn't come out. We'll see. Um, I think un un Invincible's coming out. Isn't that a thing? Season two? Mm -hmm. is it that, comes is that? out this Friday. This Friday. Uh, is anybody else fucking jazzed or is it just me? Like that yeah, was no. that was I great. Wanna, I almost want to watch season one again just because it's been a while. I mean, I read, I read the there comics. was a wasn't there a special too? Like I didn't see the special. They did, they they did, did an Adam and Adam Eve special, and that was good too. I, I recommend that watching that as well. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go watch. Try to watch the last episode at least. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to watch the whole... It's this Friday, you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a lot to do. Yeah, we talked about this. Uh, this came out two and a half years ago, March 2021. And we talked about it, um, how much we all enjoyed that. Um, mm -hmm. It's really good. It's... Uh, dude, Prime Video... Now that they want to charge you more money for Prime Video, they've started getting enough stuff that I, like, like it. It's rough, man. Just saying. Mm -hmm. It's rough. You know, I, I can't... Uh, I need to watch football and stuff, too. Um yeah, I don't really got anything this week. Marcus, go ahead. Yeah, I got a handful of things. So um, I've been forgetting to mention the last couple of weeks, um, you know, one of my favorite comedians who really, I mean, really it's his show. Um, Joe Pera talks with you, you know, ever since I watched that on Max, I've been a huge fan of Joe Pera. And it was really bummed that his show got canceled. And I still highly recommend going, checking out his show on Max, um, Joe Pera talks with you. I still think it's one of the best I don't even know if he called it a sitcom. It's one of the best television shows I've ever watched. Um, he recently came out with his own special. And bef and it's on YouTube. It's free. Um, I enjoyed it. I actually did see him in San Francisco. And it's basically that same set. So it wasn't like a lot, lot of new material for me. Um, and I would still say, like, of all the things I've seen him in, I still think I would still recommend watch his show first. His stand-up special, a lot like his show, it takes a little while to get going. Like in the beginning, it's kind of like, okay, you know, you're kind of sitting there. There's a lot of crowd work. Once it gets going like halfway through, I think it really starts finding its legs. And I, I found it to be a really enjoyable special. And I do recommend watching it. But it's like if you never experienced any Joe Parra, it's like, dude, you got to watch that fucking show first. Like that show's so good. Um, and then watch his special. Uh, there was another special that came out on Netflix. Uh, Pete Holmes is another one of these comedians I've been a big fan of for a long time, seeing them on college yeah, podcast too. Yeah. Um, you make, you made this weird, right? I think it's his podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Which, I never, good. which I never really listened to. It's long. To. 
Yeah, which I should. Yeah, they're they're very long form podcasts, and and I you think I would because I'm such a fan of this guy. Um, I've always liked his stand up. He has like this real real kind of like nerdy dad kind of vibe to him, where like he doesn't mind. And, and it, what's funny is like this special is called like I'm not for everybody, and he makes jokes about like how some of his own jokes he doesn't even like his jokes. What I really like when I started tuning in on this special with Pete Holmes that I really like that he does is he. He plays off the crowd in such a way that it's not just like he's doing crowd work where he's like, oh, where are you from? What are you doing? Like he plays off how they react to his jokes. Right. So when he says something kind of off collar and they don't laugh, he's like, don't pull away from me. Or they or they or they overreact to something is like, oh, you guys are sweethearts. You know, like the way that he's so in the moment, not just like doing his stand up routine, which is like, you know, these guys have practiced this to like such an extent, you know, they've gone all through the country going to all these tours, you know, really honing in on this hour, but for him to kind of be able to hit the jokes and still hit his marks, but still be able to play off the crowd in real time and be like, okay, like this is the vibe they're kind of getting. And I can crack jokes improv style, like right there really just shows like the kind of talent he has. And I just think he's a, he's a fantastic comedian. I a lot of his specials. He's done some stuff on HBO. <coughs> can't recommend all his stuff enough. Um, lastly, I did want to mention that I did watch uh, Shorzy season two on Hulu. I've mentioned Shorzy before. This is kind of a spinoff of Letter Letter Kenny, which is this Canadian sitcom. Letter Kenny, I really once I finally watched that show, I did thoroughly enjoy it. And I think it's a good show. I do like Shorzy more. I think having this kind of like hockey angle gives it kind of like this Ted Lasso feel where you kind of like are rooting for the players and there's kind of like more intricate storylines where letter Kenny's kind of like this like Canadian um, Seinfeld where it's kind of just about like each episode just kind of its own self-contained little like whatever it's going on that that week at the farm or whatever. But Shorzy just has like this kind of overarching kind of sports narrative that makes it really fun. And even watching season two, I think in the beginning, like the first episode, I was like, okay, like it's kind of hard for me to get back in the groove um but like once it does like the one thing that show really does is those cliffhangers like each time the episode ends like christine was on board she's like you gotta watch another one right and like halfway through we watch there's only six episodes okay there's only six episodes which sucks it's on hulu i hope you pay for that commercial free thing because they pound this fucker with commercials <laughs> like even though the episode's only 22 minutes long it's gonna be a full 30 minutes and what hulu does here instead of having because it this show broadcasts on Canadian television, but the Hulu ad breaks are shorter than commercial breaks. So they're adding in more ad breaks. So you're getting shorter ad breaks that are just like a minute 30, but they're happening more often. So it's like, it kind of fucks with the flow of the episode, right? Cause you're kind of like getting into something and it's like, okay, now we cut minute 30 of commercials. And then like you get into it, it's like, okay, this is where the real commercial break would have been another minute 30 episode. Even with all those commercial breaks, like it's just such a good show. It's just so fun. It is a just a really good time that has like it's one of these comedies that has like it kind of like a Ted Lasso. It's got heart to it too. It doesn't quite reach some of those heights as Ted does, obviously. Like that's another fantastic show. Um, but kind of for being its own thing, it, it it works really well. I can't recommend that show enough. Um, and you don't need to watch Leonard Kennedy or any of that stuff. Um, I would say give it a little time. There's a lot of heavy Canadian accents, so you are kind of fighting like understanding what they say but once you kind of get into the rhythm of the dialogue and stuff like there's just so many fucking jokes there's so much good storytelling going on there too so yeah can't recommend that enough spider-man 2 has been awesome haven't been able to play a lot more uh, mario wonder but that that game is just like bursting with charm and ideas and fun stuff so like it's just it's a good time for entertainment right now 
Um, we got some great news here from uh, Cody Gibson, UFC fighter. USADA showed up at my house as I was leaving for work today. He's a teacher. He's a school teacher also. Told them I had to get to work, but they insisted I give them a sample. Ended up having to call in and miss first period. Cool. Just great. go home, guys. <laughs> just, just go home. Just go home. What are they going to do? You're going to get suspended for a whereabouts thing right now? Like, I mean, whatever. Anyway, um, there's a rumor that Bellator is already under PFL ownership. Um, Ooh. And that they plan to keep the brand separate for two years, which I can't emphasize enough how stupid of a fucking mm. idea this is. Mm-hmm. Weird. Do, do not sep- Do not have separate brands. Do not. Everything's PFL. I don't Just know. Everything's PFL. It works out for Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Call it PFL Presents Bellator then. Or something like have one of your shows, the the Bellator series, you know, rename PFL Europe Bellator series or something. Um, yeah, I think that's it for this week, folks. Um, if you listen to this, it shouldn't be a surprise because let me tell you, the episode title is going to be Francis Ngannou is a god among us or something similar. Okay. I'm still workshopping. <laughs> that's a lot of letters. It's a lot Not of letters. It might just be Francis. Francis Ngannou is a god. Okay, might be that. You know, Francis Ngannou is better than you, and you know it. Well, you know. That's a, that's a low bar, a, but okay. Well, that was an MJF. That was MJF from AEW. Um, okay. Mike, this dude's going to AEW with me next Friday. I got to learn really? our references. Yeah. He's like, Mark, Mark and I are going to scissor. Right now, he's very uncomfortable oh. with what I just mm. said, but he'll learn what that is by next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Christine, is, it for, um, is it for Dynamite or for Collision? Nah, we're going to uh, Rampage and Collision. It's Friday. So they're doing Oakland. It's gonna be so they're gonna do Rampage live. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, collision. I was wondering. Like, wait a second, Rampage is normally filmed after Dynamite on Wednesdays. I think, yeah. So they're doing Rampage. I don't know where they are for Dynamite, but they're gonna do Rampage for one hour live at seven p.m. and then they're gonna tape a two-hour collision. Which yeah. so well, my wife is anyway. coming with us, and she was like, "So what do I expect here?" And I was like, "Sweetie, I don't fucking know." <laughs> it's like I know a couple hey. of these old dudes here, but like a lot of this is going to be new to me too. I'm not going to know who the fuck anyone Yo, is. Yeah, I got wrestling shirts for everybody. Okay, <coughs> I got a wrestling. You, you honestly, I don't have a scissor me shirt. Mike's got one of those. I do. Um, yeah, at least one. I'm kind of yeah, hoping uh, they sell that, some. New that's going to be stuff. the one you're going to enjoy. Uh, Max Caster's little rap. That's always fun. Yeah, he's um, going to definitely talk about getting robbed in Oakland. That's definitely going to happen. It's 100% going to be part of his rap. Anyway, we're just babbling here. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Next week, next week, we're going to pick those two title fights for UFC 295, a card which was not stacked because fuck me, John Jones is expensive and Stipe wants money too. So it kind of gets a little iffy after the top two fights, but Matt Frivola's on the card, so we're going to have a good time with that one still. Anyway, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Shout out to Le Predator. Goodbye. See ya. There's a meme I sent it to you guys called All Time People Who Fumbled the Bag. Pete Best, who left the Beatles in 1962. Stu Inman, who was GM of the Trailblazers who passed on Michael Jordan. Ronald Wayne, who sold 10% of Apple stock for $800. Oof. And Dana White, who just said, and God, who can't make it in boxing. So the internet started. The jokes are going. Okay. I thought it was funny. Jesus. Bye, everybody. <laughs>